1: Welcome back, everyone. The conversation's live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD, 94.1 FM, and WYADOnline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world via podcast, we're glad you all could be with us as well, especially tuning in through iTunes. We're glad to have you. Steph Jagger is making her first appearance on our program this year to talk to us about her extraordinary journey that led her to write the book, Everything Left to Remember, My Mother, Our Memories, and a Journey Through the Rocky Mountains. I want to talk to Steph not only about the physical journey she's been on, but also the emotional and spiritual one as well, and what it was like for her not only to chronicle it and in, in, in print, but also, of course, now to share it with the world. If you'll just now hearing about Steph's book, we will let you guys know how to get your own copy of it. Steph, really appreciate the time today. Thanks for stopping by.
0: Oh, I'm just so happy to to be with you this morning.
1: Well, look, the pleasure is definitely all mine. There is so much in this book that I think people can relate to. And I mentioned in my introduction, it's one thing for you to have decided to to chronicle this, to write it. But what has it been like for you now, Steph, to share it with the world and to see the way that it's resonating with other people?
0: Oh, that's such a beautiful question. Um, I, I think there's probably two answers to that. Um, you know, the, the first would be... Um, when you I mean this has been my experience, this is the second book that i 've written and and I think when you kind of turn it over to the world um, it 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 becomes the world you know and so so there's a part of me that' that just likes to watch it you know watch it move through the world and what a joy that gets to be um, for me there there's another part that especially with with certain topics that are um, talked about in the book, which we we may or may not uh, have time to go into this, in this interview is, you know, the the way that it's resonating and and impacting various different communities is, is, you know, deeply meaningful for me on exactly what you said in the intro, like on an emotional level, on a spiritual level. It almost feels like, you know, my mom, who's such a big component of this book, you know, gets to kind of continue her legacy of of mothering and, you know, through the pages, which is just absolutely astounding to me and has been a pleasure to, to watch.
1: Well, and I think the thing is, Steph, and I had a chance to read the book early, and we're going to, again, let our audience know how to get it. There's so much in this book that I think people will be able to get. For one thing, there's a a big message in here of facing fear and facing the unknown, which I think all of us have to do. But I think also being willing to let go and knowing it's okay to let go. And for a lot of people, Mm. that looks differently for them. For you, you had to let go of things when it came to your mother, and we'll touch bases on that. For our audience, it may be letting go of what they may have wanted for their lives, what they may have expected from others, and and being okay with that. What has that peace been like for you to get on the other side of it? Because I think that uh, even though the fear is real, I think we don't think about the peace that can come. What has it been like for you now, Steph, to embrace that peace?
0: Yeah, I mean, you've really hit the nail on the head. There's so much in this story and actually so much about the relationship with my mother, you know, throughout my entire life that has been kind of lesson after lesson of, Of surrender, and and, and I don't mean when I use that word, I don't mean you know quitting or giving up, right? It's it's the kind of surrender to the things that are bigger than us, to the pathways that are being cleared for us, to that that could mean um, spirituality for a lot of people, and and not giving up, but kind of allowing oneself to be carried from one place to the next, and um, that that's been a big lesson, you know, throughout my life, and certainly throughout this book, and and I feel it really speaks to Cyrus, actually the you know, one of the main components in the the way that I talk about it now is really, you know, the master initiation of our lives, which is life, death, life. And I think a lot of us look at the death part, um, and that could be literal or metaphorical. um, And we try and push that off, uh, thinking it will extend the living. And it just, what that does is it suspends the initiation and, and leads us in many ways, shapes and forms to kind of a living death. And, you know, instead, I think if we're able to move through our lives with a kind of conscious grieving, we get to allow that initiation to take place fully. And we, we do, we get to the other side, which is, you know, for, for me, the, the best, you know, metaphor uh, is found in nature. It's like that means spring gets to come. That means the cherry blossoms are going to bloom, you know. And, and so I, I think that's what it's like on the other side. It's kind of really realizing, oh, wow, there's, there's a lot of things being born because of this journey. There's a lot of things coming to life for me, um, for other people as they read this book, because, because of the surrender that was involved. Um, and so I think that's an important thing for us to look at, you know, in our lives.
1: And I think, too, Steph, um, one of the chapters I'm going to actually read something from is The Great Divide. And one of the things that you
0: uh, mm. talk about
1: in that chapter that I thought was really interesting was, and I think I'm not a parent myself, so I want to, my radio audience knows that, Steph, but what I thought about is that a lot of times we try to get people to see what we see, get people to mm. appreciate what mm. we appreciate, and they may be focused on something that brings them peace, brings them happiness, brings them joy, mm. and I bring up that chapter, the Great Divide, because there's a one section of that chapter where you're you're talking about uh, you know yourself being able to see a family of deer scrambling and you you say mm. for those who have the hardcover uh, cover of the book on page one twelve I looked over to my mom wondering if she too had seen the deer or heard the eagle she hadn't. With her right hand, she was holding the perimeter line of the boat. And as the rest of us were looking up, my mother's eyes were cast down. She was watching the river. And that seemed like such a simple thing initially, but then you go on to talk about the power in that river. I want to talk to you, though, about that moment uh, in reflecting mm-hmm. back on it, Steph. What was it like for you to think about what, what, what captured her attention and what you also realize yourself as you talk about in that chapter, the power in the water?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, well, water is a is a huge theme that that quite literally, no pun intended, runs through the book, and <laughs> and and I and I think it was you know one of the greatest teachers, and and really something happened to my mother when she was around water that, that I think is really important, and I think I think the distinction of that moment, and this happened a, a handful of times throughout the book and throughout the journey that I went on with her, um, which is a lot of times I found myself compelled to look at or take in in the nature around us, like the quote unquote, most exciting thing, like, Oh wow, there's an Eagle, you know, that's, that's a huge thing to kind of witness in nature and watch the power of it as it goes down and tries to grab a fish, et cetera. My mom was more likely to look at the things that were calm, still just gently moving you know, dormant, there's a scene later at uh, Old Faithful, one of the, you know, most infamous kind of geysers in Yellowstone National Park um, that's really similar. And and I think there was such a great, great teaching there for me, which is exactly what you've just said. You know, people um, are going to look at things differently and how do we allow space for that? But simultaneously, there's a secondary lesson of, you know, is it always the most exciting thing, the most thrilling thing that contains the most beauty or the most... um, you know learning for us yeah. or is it, is it the most ordinary is it the most gentle and and i and i really learned a lot from her about being able to sit with the gentle with the quiet with the sound of silence and really gain a lot from those places and spaces which was a different orientation for me
1: such a good thing, and I love the fact as as someone as I mentioned, I live in Mississippi. Step in, of course, water is all around us, and yeah. one of the things I thought about when I was reading this particular chapter, my my father's a landscaper, and he created an artificial mm-hmm. lake for my my mother and and himself in the back of their home, and it was so interesting to see him build it and to, to, you know, to see the water flow through, and then they also created um, a dam area. And I want to read what you said, actually, in that chapter on page 113, mm. and we talk about it. You say this, we think steel and iron are sturdier than, than silt and clay and soil. We think concrete is stronger than water. We think that we close something off, we'll have control of everything that exists, locked behind the door. This creates a grand illusion those around us, we begin to look smaller than we are. We look like a stream, just a warm and trickling brook. Oh, the illusion is a strong one. I want to talk about the illusion because what I found myself thinking, not really realizing where the book was headed, Steph, was that people may think of, you know, you kind of being there for your mother and the lessons learned, you know, from her, but there was definitely a give and take in, in this, in this mm. book, of things you got from her and what she was able to feel from you. What was that like for you to think about, especially in the relation to Ward, as you mentioned earlier?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there are, you know, if we were to think about ourselves metaphorically as these as these great and grand rivers, you know, really able to kind of flow through life, and, you know, rivers are some of our most powerful kind of landscape-forming mm-hmm. uh you know, elements that we, that we interact with and, and water itself. Um, And I think if we metaphorically think of ourselves like that, you know, for for me, the, the journey was um, all of the places and all of the ways I had kind of compartmentalized or rerouted the river or created a dam inside of myself. Like that part is not allowed. And, and, and really all of the ways that, you know, my mother um, chose to do that and, or was made to do that in her own life. And, and I think one of the, one of the biggest learnings was, was kind of one by one attempting to remove those internal dams, those, those internal blockages that don't allow the kind of truest and, and in many ways, like most powerful parts of ourselves um, to come forward, even if that most powerful part is, is the, the internal stillness of a lake. You know and and I think that was um, a, a big part of this journey was watching all of the ways and all of the, all of the times that you know my mother had been dammed um, and and had dams created inside of her own self and and, and and then simultaneously all of the ways I learned as a young woman to do that um, in in my own life and yeah. really attempting to move forward from there, you know removing those so that the the river could move the river of me you know could move as freely you know through the world as possible and and that might mean rerouting um some things that might mean up and moving the metaphorical villages of my life in order to to let the river choose its path. I mean you you got you 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 all in Mississippi. I mean you can't you you can't have a better uh, primal kind of example of that than rivers and the water around you.
1: Right. Exactly. And there is also what you talk about about the give and take of life and you're not being willing to give or haven't Being able to give, we're going to get into that as well, Steph. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to conversations live. We're excited to welcome Steph Jagger to our broadcast today. Steph is celebrating her new book, Everything Left to Remember: My Mother, Our Memories, and a Journey Through the Rocky Mountains. We're going to also remind you you can stay connected with Steph. So, Steph, before I get into the fire, we talked about the water. We have to talk about the fire. So, I want to ask you first of all, what? um, is this what you imagine this would be like after the book came out? Because I thought about it. here I am asking you these very personal things. Of course, I wouldn't know it unless you know you wrote it. But is is this what you what you hope would come out of these conversations that would make people see themselves in in lessons that you've been able to learn?
0: Oh gosh, yeah. I mean I I don't think, I don't think I don't think one one writes memoir without thinking they're not going to get into, you know, personal um co- you know, conversations or conversations about emotional landscapes or spirituality. I mean, I think that's that's the beautiful part about sharing our stories. Um and and absolutely Cyrus like I've been I've been astounded by you know, one of the things, you know, that, that I think is our greatest gift as human beings is being able to put various different work into the world, either creatively or, or inside of our professional lives and, and have that work move people. And, and, and really what I mean by that is, you know, it, it, it lands inside of their bodies in a particular way that something moves, you know, and that's, an evocative response and that's a meaningful response. And, and that's been some of my favorite writing to read. And, and so to, to to feel that on the other end, that someone is reading a certain piece and, you know, about water, about fire, you know, about various different types of experiences with their own mother and it's feeling moved is, is extraordinarily meaningful to me.
1: Yeah. You, you talk about in the chapter, uh, borrowed landscapes about those moments with your mother and, and, the connection, I'll put it that way, that, that can be mm. felt sometimes through touch, but also just in being in the company of someone. And after writing something very, very, very powerful, you say this, in that moment I started to understand my mother's silence, the things she had mm. held for her and her only. After finding her own internal map, pathways of transformation and deliverance, it's no wonder she guarded them. For this was the holy grail of her own alchemy. My mother knew, Mm. as a good alchemist, knows that if anything is to be gained from the fire, something must be given to the flames. And I had not yet given a thing. I want to talk about Mm. that realization because I think a lot of times when we're in the mood of expecting, we sometimes Mm. have to look at ourselves and think of, you know, what have we given for others to expect? So what was it like uh, for you to kind of I, turn it around on yourself, Steph, and kind of think about what you had not given?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think this is such an important component. I mean, we talk in our society a lot about entitlement, you know, and I am I, I, really such a big believer that, that for me, this is, this is part of my kind of initiation from, you know, young woman into what I'll call archetypal mother, even though I'm not an actual parent myself and And I think part of that um, growth and part of that maturation really involves um, kind of how do we carve out our own identity in the world but also ensure that it 's not you know a, a colossal kind of statue of our own ego and I think when i when I talk about you know okay i haven 't I haven't given anything. Like I had done that carving and being like, okay, great. Here's this fantastic, like identity and ego in the world. And I, I hadn't done the, the internal grappling with, oh, I carved some of that, that self, some of that identity and ego using fear, using not enoughness, using um, pain, using all of those things. And, and I, I need to, I need to give those up. I need to let those go and have the rest of me be carved by love, by loss, by nature, by um, some of these more expansive and generative places. And so there's a, there's a lot of grappling with, you know, I, I, I having to give those things up in order to be able to come forward in life and give more of myself, more of my true self to the world, which is, which is I think, the true giving, the true offering. And so there's a, there's a real dance there for me.
1: And surrender kind of runs throughout this, and you talk about the lessons both Mother Nature and your and your mother gave you. For the reader, as they kind of think about their own thing um, that they have to remember after the loss mm-hmm. of a loved one, the loss of a possession, or a loss of a job even, what do you hope they start thinking about, about the ability to be able to surrender and what that really means? Because that's, I think that's also a word yeah. that we use a lot. But I mm-hmm, think it mm-hmm. seems like you at the at the point in the book where you really dive into it, you really get it, that sometimes surrender, um, is not only about letting go, it's about the necessity of life. So what has that been like for you to kind of share mm. that with the reader as they go throughout this?
0: Yeah, it it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing and I love how you've brought this up. I mean, there's, there's much in this book about, about memory and about memory loss. And and you could relate that directly to, you know, the, the losses that we feel, um, the, the, the really big ones in our life and, and even some of the smaller ones. And I feel as though, you know, when we move through those losses, there's there's a – sometimes when they're so scary, we really are just hyper-focused on, on the individual thing that we're losing. And I think what I've been able to do – through some reflection, through some hard work, through some time, and I don't do it perfectly, but it's, it's kind of b- back up to gain a larger and more broader perspective. Like, is, it, is, is the loss of something like my mother can no longer remember my name or that the street that we grew up in, like, is that what I want to focus on? Or is there a deeper remembrance for me to engage with that is about being a willing participant in, in a life that is, that is shaped by love and loss? Yeah. And, and when I pull back and look at life from that lens of, oh, I'm, I'm being shaped by the river and not, ouch, that particular pebble in the river is ruining my life, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a much more generous, expansive, connective place.
1: Love that. Love that. Such a great message, Steph, and such a great conversation. Again, everyone, Steph Jagger has been our guest. Everything Left to Remember is the book, My Mother, Our Memories and a Journey Through the Rocky Mountains. It's available through our friends at Amazon.com. through your favorite local bookstore. It is published by Flatiron Books. They always deliver some great books, and this is definitely one of those, Mm -hmm. Steph. really appreciate you writing this and having a conversation with us today. How can our audience stay connected with you?
0: Oh, there's, there's two really, really great ways. I mean, outside of, of, of uh, getting copies of the book, um, people can reach me on my website. I'm at stephjagger.com. I'm also uh, on Instagram at Steph Jagger and, and I am the human being that responds to all of those things. And I really love engaging with people and hearing about their stories and, and, and what they take from the book. So I, I encourage that.
1: Awesome. Love that. Steph, again, thank you so much again for stopping by. Thank you for sharing your truth with all of us because I think it helps us to better appreciate our own and looking forward to our next chat together.
0: Thank you so much, Cyrus. You have a really good rest of your morning.
1: You as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webson. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.